today on CityCast Denver. When I was 19, I had an abortion. I was in a serious relationship and had financial support, but I just wasn't ready to have a kid. I set up an appointment at my local Planned Parenthood clinic and they made sure everything was smooth and easy, like any healthcare procedure should be. On the day of, I went to a doctor's office. They had me in and out the same day and the recovery process was so quick that I was back to work the same week. I was able to access an abortion in Colorado without shame. But now that right is being threatened and I'm so worried that people all over the country could lose that same opportunity that I had. So it's just me and my producer, Alexandra McMahon, on the mics today, talking about that leaked Supreme Court opinion that wants to overturn Roe versus Wade and how that may impact Coloradans. Today is Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. I just start I guess we'll do a billboard and stuff just be like hey I'll be like hey just like how we would normally greet each other being like hey Xandra welcome to our show hey Xandra hey Brie I don't want to ask you how it's going because I know it's not great but we're here to talk about something major that happened earlier this week on Monday night what happened Right. Um, so I was checking Twitter, like a lot of people probably were. <laughs> I feel like this came down kind of late. It was like after 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. our time. I don't know. But basically Politico released this leaked draft opinion, draft majority opinion from the Supreme Court. This opinion was written by Justice Samuel Alito. And it basically said that the Supreme Court, uh, in a case that they're working on, right now that they're deliberating on, uh, which comes out of Mississippi and has to do with abortion, um, that they're citing on overturning Roe v. Wade, which is something that I think we've all been kind of expecting and and anticipating, but it was really hard to see that in like on paper, like that 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 is at stake. Yes. Yeah, I would say growing up as a person who has had abortion access my whole life, um, it's the Roe v. Wade overturning is something we've talked about, but it's like, could it really be? And I know that for folks working in the reproductive health and reproductive justice space, this has been something they've been concerned about for a long time happening. And so... Uh, like you're saying, the Supreme Court is looking at this now because they are hearing a case in Mississippi regarding abortion access. Yeah, but they've been, you know, wanting to take up, find a case like this conservative majority on the Supreme Court right now. Like they've been looking for a case that could, you know, open the door to them reevaluating Roe v. Wade. And I think you were saying before we turned the mics on, like this has been going on for decades. This has been a conversation for decades. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... uh the long game aspect of it for Republicans is not lost on most people that have been working on this issue is that um, populating the Supreme Court in a way that could could overturn this was a long game. Um, gosh, I feel like shit about it personally. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, I feel like crap. I mean, it was like one of those things where I wanted to throw my phone against the wall and just like curl up in a ball. <laughs> 
but then you know you're doom scrolling you know yeah. that phrase doom scrolling where it's just like you can't get off of twitter even though you so badly want to get off twitter and even some people in my feed were saying log off twitter yeah <laughs> and i was like i should but i have to keep reading but eventually i did i did log off and then i was just like tried to distract myself the rest of the night but i know that this is like a really personal issue for you yeah um because you've had this experience and so I can't imagine what it's like for I've never had an abortion and you know I, I feel lucky that I haven't had to go through that but the fact that that option isn't even could not even be on the table is like really scary yeah I think for me um, it's on my mind now as a mom um, in a different way but I still feel deep deep in my heart that abortion access is healthcare access for everyone one thing that really scared me as I was reading about this last night, and I didn't even, it didn't even, I didn't even know this. It didn't even occur to me, but Roe v. Wade has implications for a lot of other issues because the centerpiece of Roe v. Wade, like that decision in the 70s, it was, it was really more about the right to privacy. And that's why you see Roe v. Wade cited as a precedent in other cases that have nothing to do with abortion. And those cases are like marriage equality. Gay marriage is on the table if they overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, interracial marriage is apparently on the table if they overturn this. Um, also, and then just other aspects of women's reproductive health care, like contraception. And But so, you know, like I said, I've never had an abortion, but I am a gay person and I do want to get married one day. And that's really scary to think that. Like, I thought we had passed that. Yeah. I, I feel I felt secure in knowing that, like, one day I can get married to the person that I love. And now I'm just like, well, that might be a lot harder one day. Can you tell me what this means for what the bigger conversation is here about abortion rights here in Colorado? Yeah. And I guess this is like maybe the one comforting thought right now, if there's any comfort to be found here for people who live in Colorado specifically, is that like not much is going to change in Colorado immediately if Roe v. Wade is overturned because Governor Polis and the state legislature just passed this new Reproductive Health Equity Act that basically protects people's rights to an abortion in state law. And so that's that's a big deal. They did that just last month. Um, and Colorado, like historically, has always been kind of a progressive leader in access to abortion and abortion rights because even before Roe v. Wade was passed, like Colorado was loosening restrictions on abortion um, and, and trying to make this a, a safe haven. And then I think because of that, what we could see happen in Colorado if Roe v. Wade is overturned and more states are allowed to uh, enact bans, more and more women are going to be coming, traveling to Colorado to get abortion. So I think abortion healthcare providers in this state are going to see an influx of patients. Um, you know, that's, again, nothing new. Like, we for a long time have been this, like, safe haven for women to travel and come to Colorado to get abortions. And I know that Mackenzie Scott gave $20 million to Planned Parenthood of the Rockies recently to help in case there's this, like, huge uptick of... Uh, of patients so which i think is is phenomenal and i think planned parenthood has always been honestly for me it's been a rock in terms of i know i can go there and get support information unbiased information and help but um something that i think we should talk about a little bit is the with this new reproductive health equity act um yes legislators made that happen but the folks behind the scenes uh calor 
uh, cobalt organizations that are working on reproductive health access for people saw this coming and were nudging legislators like, hey, Colorado needs to get even more ahead of the curve than we already are to make sure that we are as safe as we possibly can be as a place for all people, regardless of where you're coming from, you can access, have access to an abortion here. So we made a call out on Twitter to our listeners and followers uh, asking for them to share their thoughts about this ruling. Um, We had someone write in that said, I am a nurse who has worked in abortion care in Colorado for years. People who want to help materially should donate directly to our independent abortion clinics. And you can find more information at abortioncarenetwork.org. And they emphasize that independent clinics provide more abortion care than Planned Parenthood does with less funding. So people who are also wanting to volunteer or help out folks that are seeking abortion access should tap into existing abortion support networks like the Colorado Doula Project instead of trying to reinvent something that already exists. So uh, those are some ways that you can get involved. AbortionCareNetwork.org, Colorado Doula Project. And then, Zan, you want to read a couple more that we got? Yeah, so um, we got one that says, uh, quote, very frightened for my daughters. I luckily got my tubes tied after I had them, so it will not personally affect me, but it will affect them. I had two abortions before I had them. They were both wanted, and they both had to be terminated to save my life. Which I think is a great point. Again, abortion access is about so... There are so many reasons why folks access abortion, and it should be thought of as healthcare for that very reason. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then another one we got says, uh, quote... When my then-girlfriend, now-wife, decided to get an abortion, I took her to the Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood that had been the site of a mass shooting not long before. Nobody should have to feel that kind of fear when already making a difficult health decision. I'm heartbroken by yesterday's news and will do whatever I can to fight it. Um, So that was three different Coloradans who wrote in uh, with their thoughts. And I'll just say that last one about the Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood shooting. Colorado Springs is my hometown. I remember that day all too well and it was yeah like that just I feel like that that shooting specifically highlights like how controversial this has been for years and I don't know why because it's like this should not be a political issue agreed it's a healthcare issue so Alexandra just something else since you know we're we are folks who work in media um I know there's been some conversation around how the media covers abortion rights issues what about the the way that things are covered or, or what are you thinking about as a person in media when it comes to how we cover this? Yeah. I mean, like, like I was just hinting at, like, I feel like this has been turned into such a political hot button issue and I wish that it wasn't. And there was this one tweet that was getting circulated in my feed a lot last night um, from, she's a former journalist, Julia Moser. And she said, I no longer work for a news organization. So I can say without fear of penalty for my job, that news organizations reluctance to touch abortion and to cover it honestly, for fear of something too liberal, is a big part of why we are here. And (laughs) I just feel like that encapsulated my feelings so well. I feel like it encapsulated a lot of like, my friends in in the media, like their feelings too, because yeah, A, (laughs) It sucks that she can only feel safe saying this because she no longer works for a news organization. 
And and B, I completely agree with her that like we've covered abortion for too long as like a both sides issue. And I think we need to start thinking of it like we think of climate change in the media. Like climate change is no longer covered as a both sides issue. We don't say, oh, well, some people believe climate change is is fake and some people believe it's real. It's like, no, the directive for a lot of mainstream news outlets now is that climate change is real and that's how we're going to cover it. And I don't know why abortion can't be talked about in this or women's reproductive rights, like broader than abortion, like just in general, women's reproductive health care should be covered the same way. Well, and I would go even broader and just say people's reproductive health care because I know, you know what I mean? Because I think that this is something that folks across the spectrum um, of experience and, and how they are in their bodies, all kinds of people get abortions. Yeah. Something else I just wanted to really touch on really quick when we were talking about that both sides conversation. It is hard for me to see this as a both sides issue as a person that has not only had an abortion, but also supported others in getting abortions. And I very clearly remember taking a friend to get an abortion and accidentally turning too early onto the wrong street and ending up at a fake abortion clinic, which if she was not with me, a person who is experienced, she may not have known that that's where we were. So the fact that the other side of this argument uses trickery um, in healthcare says a lot about the morals and ethics conversation of this is if your side needs to trick people, maybe you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, I know. Just saying. The fact, just, I mean, just again, saying. I'm like, what? The fact that those like fake abortion clinics are allowed to exist is just wild to me. It, I mean, I don't know. So to end on this, to end this conversation, we're, we're discussing what has been released as a draft decision by the Supreme Court. It is not an official decision by the Supreme Court. So do you know when the court will make a final ruling about this case involving Roe versus Wade? So this is a draft opinion. Like, I really don't want to fuel any hysteria. Like, I do think it is like, it's good that we're talking about this. It's good that people are alarmed. But we have to remember that this is not like Roe versus Wade has not been overturned yet. Abortion is still legal. You could still get your appointment tomorrow. Like, I really think that's important to talk about. So um, this Mississippi case that the Supreme Court is deliberating right now on, they're expected to officially rule on it in late June or early July is estimations. And opinions can change. And I I don't want to speculate, but if we want to get a little like media gossipy, I kind of agree with some of the theories coming out that like this leak this leak of the draft opinion happened because someone in close to the supreme court is trying to force a justice's hand trying to force someone to to reverse course because it's happened before where justices have changed their vote after that doesn't match an initial draft opinion so the justices could still change their minds we could see someone flip it is unlikely because we know what the makeup of this court looks like. We know what a lot of these conservative justices, like what what their belief systems are. But I think it is important to to put out there like it could still it could still change. And, you know, one last thing I, I want to add to is that, like, even if Roe versus Wade is overturned and states start banning abortions left and right, that's not going to get rid of abortions in those states. Like those women are either going to travel and have to like which not everyone can travel across state lines in hundreds and hundreds of miles. The women are going to have to travel or people are going to have to do like super unsafe abortions. And then that's putting women's like lives at risk. 
So this idea that Roe v. Wade, like... Is some sort of weird moral win for folks that don't believe in abortion is a fallacy. I mean, you're you're yeah. fooling yourself if you think that making abortion illegal makes abortion go away. It does not. Um, it still happens. It just, unfortunately... More op- more opportunities for it to happen in unsafe places because when you're doing something quote unquote illegal, it's harder to do it in a safe way. Yeah. Um, so also, I think it's so important. Every moment of a pregnancy counts, and so the more time someone has to spend trying to find the money to travel, the ability to travel, maybe you don't, you're not in a safe social or family situation where you can even reveal what you're going through, and then all of a sudden you have to travel out of state to to take on a a medical procedure, it's so complicated and it shouldn't be because it's like any other aspect of our healthcare. Abortion is healthcare. And and who is it going to impact the most, unfortunately, disproportionately? Is marginalized uh, people. People of color. Marginalized people. So, you know, again. Folks without economic resources or economic power or social power. I mean, this is a this is a power structure uh, economics conversation as well. Because abortions will always happen also. Uh, For folks with uh, wealth and access, they will always have access to safer abortions than other folks if this is not something that is readily available to the general public. Totally. Totally. (sighs) Well, thanks for going through this with me, Zan. Yeah. It was uh, good chatting with you. (laughs) Um, We're always still taking your comments, thoughts, feelings. Uh, You can text or... Send us a voicemail at 720-500-5418. And um, yes, we love hearing from you. And we know that this is a big issue for a lot of folks who are listening. So thanks for listening. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today you can find more coverage, information, and resources on abortion rights and services in Colorado. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Did you ever see that abortion water slides post that someone posted like seven years ago? (laughs) It went viral. I was trying to find it. I was like, where's the abortion water slides? This person posted. I'm just going to read the part of it. That's funny. I don't care if Planned Parenthood provides nothing but abortion services. I don't care if it's a million story abortion super park with abortion water slides and an abortion electrical parade. Abortion is legal. Abortion is legal. If I read one more defensive Planned Parenthood that says it's not just abortions, I'm going to abort myself. (laughs) Abortion water slides for everyone!